Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey everyone, this is John Roca from Collider. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live-action series, and high school musical The Musical The Series, a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked-about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Today on Collider Movie Talk. Can you see my face? I can't see my face. Hey, there we go. Oh, the lights, on Collider the Movie Talk. That's right. Post-Thanksgiving, that's how it goes. Uh, Frozen 2 eats up all the Thanksgiving records at the box office. There's also some new Rise of the Skywalker TV spots we've got to talk about. And Robert Pattinson. He thinks Batman is not a superhero. Say what? We're going to talk about all of that today on a live episode of Collider Movie Talk. That's why you go live. This is why you go live. This is the fun aspect of it all. Thank you all so much for joining us this lovely Monday morning. Hope you've recovered from your Thanksgiving weekend, hanging with the family, getting those presents, starting out, oh, not presents, but getting the food, starting out shopping for presents already. Now sit back and relax. Hang out with us for a little bit. Let's get this thing going. I'm sitting in for Perry Nemiroff, uh, and I'm joined by two awesome people this morning. That is Silas Lesnick over there from Movie Web, Movie Pilot. Yeah, movie always, Bill. Movie Bill. <laughs> I always get it so close. I'm always so close. There's so many of these sites jancing around. I get it in my head. At least I didn't say Movie Talk, because I know that's what we're on. Movie and over there, really. Vinny Mancuso, back from Jersey. Yes. How are you? How was Jersey? Uh, it was uh, a lot colder than here. I got in like six hours ago. Yeah? Yeah. I'm uh, a little tired. Was there snow? Uh, there was. There was snow. Wow. Uh, when I left, I was uh, my flight was three hours delayed because oh, of crap. snow. That's why I got in about uh, six hours ago. But hey, here I am. I'm right. talk. Good, good. Very this is why about- I only go home once a year to Virginia because that stuff always happens. You you sat, you sat around watching movies all weekend. Yeah, it was covering. Great. What did you enjoy the most from all the screeners you got to watch? Uh, so there was a ton of things. I mean, Irishman was was. Okay. Amazing. But you what know, you could have watched that on Netflix. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I you watch it. Okay. What was that really surprised me was Dora the Explorer. What? I really uh, liked. You know, it looked, oh, nice. okay. it looked pleasant. It looked like a good time. Give it a shot. Dora's, well, I mean, that's a kid's movie. Uh, certainly from, uh, you know, getting that audience. And certainly Frozen 2 did that as well. But, of course, adults and other people went to see this thing. It was pretty incredible. Let me pull up my stats here. It earned $85.2 million over the three-day weekend and $123.7 million over the five day holiday weekend which is the highest thanksgiving weekend total of all time of all time it dethroned the hunger games catching fire the film averaged about twenty thousand and eight hundred eighty. i'm sorry twenty thousand eight hundred three dollars per theater across four thousand locations and right now currently domestic total of 288 million it dipped 35 percent just 35 percent from the previous weekend now total Total, because worldwide it also made $163.8 million. Total right now, it's sitting at $739 million worldwide. That's insane. That we're going to talk uh... about this first, and then we're going to jump into some two of the other surprises. But let's talk about this. Vinny, let's go to you first. Are you, were you surprised at, at the level that this thing has been holding on? That is, uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, a lot of money. No, I wasn't, surpri- <laughs> I wasn't surprised because uh, we were talking about this a little bit before. Mm. Frozen... Kind of came out of nowhere. It was just like, oh, this looks fun. And then the became, original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. And then became this phenomenon. And and this one almost flew under the radar. Not flew under the radar, obviously, because it's a Disney movie. But it, until yeah. it came out, it wasn't that hype. So I was surprised in the sense that people weren't really talking about it. But that's kind of how I felt about the first one. I don't yeah. think Frozen was like this highly anticipated movie and then just blew up. I think Frozen... Is the type the Frozen and the and the sequel the type of movies where it's like oh of course I'm gonna go see that like right. it's not it's not something that really needs a, a a long lead up it's just like yes I have two kids I'm going to see Frozen so, right. so to me it's like people are home for Thanksgiving want to get out of the house they're not gonna take your kid to go see Knives Out so we're going to see Frozen it was just <laughs> it was just it was a it was a perfect storm and uh, I, I'm not surprised but I am. Uh, 
I feel like that movie has already been out for like a month. Yeah, it's weird how this thing, <laughs> these films come out and they make so much money and they consume our social media zeitgeist and the pop culture mainstream conversation that it feels like these films have been out for quite some time, even though they've been out for two weeks. It's only been out for two weeks and it seems to be the talk of the town. And I still don't even know if people like Frozen 2. Like, I, I, yeah. I, what is the general critical consensus on Frozen 2? I don't know, but everyone to go see it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you were talking about that off camera, Silas. What is the rea- What has been the criticism of it, or the critical review of it, or response? It's, it's a little hard for me to say because. So I, I, I have a, a sister who yeah. loved the first Frozen, and a lot of my perception of Frozen Two was based on like, oh, is she going to like it? What is she going to think? Uh, I, I, I'm not around a ton of people with kids. Uh, I, the people that I have talked to were kind of surprised at how dark it was. Yeah. And they were sort of saying, well, I wanted to go see a movie with my kids, and this is too scary for them. And the contrast of that is, well, the people that had the kids that were old enough to really appreciate the first movie, they're now teenagers, and they don't really care as much. Right. I, and I wonder if that's it. I mean, from the opening first trailer that they sent us, uh, it was it had that aspect of darkness to it. So for people to be surprised, I guess they figured this was kind of a, a more mature approach, but they were assuming they wouldn't go full dark. But certainly it sounds like you're not the only one that said that or your sister's not the only one that said that. I've heard that from a number of people that it's a little darker than people anticipate. And the songs are a bit kind of off off what's ha- off kilter from what's happening on screen but overall i mean you can't deny people are going in droves to see this thing the movie over i keep seeing it compared to is annihilation oh re- uh, what? which is uh yeah i i uh that the people like i remember after the first screen people were like oh disney does annihilation and i was like well that sold me <laughs> more than anything else and it's, it's like I I I I I get what they're saying. I I don't I don't think it's uh it's not a you know exact match obviously right. uh obviously but uh it, it it is definitely got that touch of the old old Disney mm-hmm. you know darkness to it. So it's got that. Boom. Is there a sound? Is there a sound in the in the? Is that what the old Disney? <laughs> that's <laughs> what that saying, means to you. The, that, the Inception bomb. Annihilation's got that. Boom, that it does, whatever it, does, it is, it that thing through the shimmer or whatever it's called. I wonder if they've got that in there. What were you have you seen it yet? Have either of you seen yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the weirdest things about it uh, is the, the plot is sort of like well the, these like elemental beings are threatening to destroy the kingdom and right. they have to figure out what's going on. And it's like it's weird that the real plot of Frozen Two is the fake plot of Spider Man Far From Home. Oh, with the with, with the, the elementals threatening and to destroy the world. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting, interesting. All right, something to explore. Certainly, I, I will say the way they the music in this, in this movie is, is is I don't know how they do it, but it's just so. Infa- I remember when we were at D twenty three. Frozen was the last thing of the day. We were just like, oh, who cares about Frozen two? The first movie, it's whatever. And they showed a couple songs, and I, we were like, I'm so mad about how good that, that music was. Because I, couldn't, I couldn't care. I honestly, going into D23, I couldn't care less about right. Frozen 2. And they played a snippet of the, the big song that I, I don't even remember what it was called. Right. I think Panic! at the Disco covered it. Uh, whatever that song is. Yeah. And we walked out of that room, and I was just like, ah, oh, it's in my brain now. And it's just like they have this way of, of, of just... Uh, much like annihilation, yeah. uh, infecting infecting your brain. And you, leave, <laughs> you leave the room with Frozen Two, just like in your brain. And they did it with Let It Go, and they did it with these songs. And it's, yeah. uh, the, the the songwriting talent uh, in in these movies is to me, and the performers themselves, I, I, is is the real gem of these movies. Yeah, and something really interesting when you see how many of these sequels that have come out after films were like 
successful. Because remember, Frozen, when it first came out, didn't blow the doors off the box office. Yeah. It certainly did well. I think it was 110 million yeah. worldwide. But it grew. At, at, you know, the legs were very long for this thing, and it made a lot of money. Certainly appealed to a lot of young girls out there, young kids out there. Really enjoyed it. And of course. Really powerful message about standing on your own, you know, power, the power of family, that kind of thing. All of it, plus that incredible song from Medina Menzel, all helped it overall to get into the public consciousness. But look, we've seen with so many movies this year who, that came along and then like these sequels came out uh, th- that were this year and they didn't do so well. Like Secret Life of Pets 2 didn't do so mm-hmm. well. But Frozen 2 comes out and is killing it right from the beginning, regardless of what the overall review reviews are or critical responses to it is it seems to be touching some button all over again people want to go back and forth back and back all over again i think part of that is just disney as a brand yeah uh, I, and yeah. i think disney plus has only solidified that right. of, of the idea that uh if you want a film to go see with the family that even if it's not the greatest film in the world you will enjoy to some degree here's this and it's yeah. coming out right at the holiday season and yeah. People have time to go see it, and they can see it with their family. Yeah, I think I think at this point that's just how movies work. Like, if, if mm-hmm. people are going to the theater, they need something recognizable, and so they're like, "Oh, a Disney movie! I'll, yeah. I'll go spend fifteen, fourteen dollars on a Disney movie." Where if it's just an animated film, they don't know about because there's so many. You know, it's, it, yeah. I think people think animated film equals Disney, but it's just that Disney is the one that that people take their families to go see, right. and that's just. That's just how it works now. And yeah. as you can see, second weekend, $123 million. So you say, I want a soda. Some people say in the South, they go, I want a Coke. Yeah. But yeah. they don't mean a Coke. They mean whatever you've got soda-wise. That's kind of how it is, or a Kleenex, that kind of thing. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, just before you guys get too insane that Disney is consuming everything, this weekend was also, uh, the box office was also very positive for films that weren't Disney-related necessarily. More mature fare, and that's Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. It earned $27 million domestically this weekend, and it brings its domestic total up to $41.7 million from 3,461 locations. That is double what it was projected to make, right? Mm-hmm. Very similar to Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, and then not to be outdone, you got to give some love to uh, 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 to uh, uh, Queen of Slim here. That reeled in $11.7 million domestically, bring its total up to $15.8 million. And that's the film uh, with Jodie Turner-Smith and Daniel Kaluuya that's directed by Melina Matsukas from Insecure. Both of these, oh, and, and oh, Ford versus Ferrari only dipped 16% itself, and uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood uh, only dipped 11%. It got 11.8 million, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, overall total right now sitting at 81 million domestically. This speaks to something, and I want to hear what you two think about this, because we've seen these complaints, like recently with Charlie's Angels, oh, people don't have an interest in things that are not, but these are films that kind of buck the trend of, these, of this massive conglomerate of Disney, and they're doing well at the box office. Yes, although I, I do think, I mean, the one, and I haven't seen it yet, I really want to see Queen and Slim. Yeah. Uh, that one, I am, it's awesome that it's making so much money. Uh, because I think something like Ford versus Ferrari is leaning on these A-list talent. And right. And it's, it's... Bale and Damon. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, well, these, these are like classic movie star roles. Um Maybe that's all. <laughs> no, I, actually, I, I, I totally agree. I, I to sort of piggyback off of what I said about uh, needing to see something recognizable. I wonder, like, if if another filmmaker had just released a Who Done It, yeah, on on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, would, would anyone be interested? It's it's it has a name on it. It kind of reminds me of uh, of Us mm-hmm. with with Jordan Peele's Us. It's like if a uh, if some Somebody that didn't do Get Out just released a doppelganger horror movie. Would would it have broke the records it did? I, yeah. I think people always need something to latch onto to get them out of the house and into the movie theater, which I completely understand because 
not only is there so much content at home, especially with Disney Plus and all that, it's it's getting more and more expensive to go to the movie theater. So people yeah. want that guarantee that they they're, they're going to see something that 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 it's worth leaving the house for. Mm-hmm. So I think having Ryan Johnson's name, which has been <laughs> pretty prominent since yeah. the last Jedi came out for good or bad. Uh, people know that. And they're like, I would go see a Ryan Johnson movie, it, no matter who it is. And, and he, and because he is who he is, he assembled this very recognizable cast. There's not, there's not a person in that movie that you don't, that they don't come on screen. And you're like, Oh nice. They're in this movie. Right. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. You bring up both both points here, this idea of needing something to latch onto, right? Uh, with Ryan Johnson, that Star Trek cast is fantastic. But also, yeah. great point, Vinny. Like, if Last Jedi doesn't come out and create all this fervor, yeah. you know, does Ryan, do people have this interest? Because there are just as many people who were detracting uh, Last Jedi were promoting it, sporting it, and mm-hmm. people coming out saying how much they love Ryan Johnson's stuff. So you get those people coming in the theater now even more so to patronize it. And it's getting fantastic reviews. Both of them have an A-minus cinema score. I think both one at that and uh, Queen, Queen and Slim have an A-minus cinema score. But with Queen and Slim, to me, I can liken it almost to like Harriet. People came in, it's like, there's not a lot of fanfare for it, and then it comes in and really surprises people mm-hmm. with its box office. I think it's positive. This is something, I wish I had more time to explore, really analyze this idea of how the um, and I want to say this correctly, how uh, black film goers, how that community is responding to certain type of films that come out, how the white community is responding, how other sections of the of the movie going public are responding to these films. Because this is a film that essentially is a Bonnie and Clyde mm-hmm. film that responds to a, I think it responds to a police shooting. So he's like, okay, we're tackling this really tough topic, but look at, it, it isn't getting drowned out or buried. People are actually going to see this. So I find this fascinating. I, I just see because I, I find it fascinating that like Hollywood has a, that it, every time a, a, a movie that's not just like you know top line by by Chris Evans right. it, it comes out people are like well how's it gonna do and then it does well it, it does surprisingly well but yeah. it, when they keep doing well it's like well maybe these audiences want to go to the movies and see these movies that's so, my it, point Vinny. I, is yeah, there yeah. an audience here that's being underserved and wants to be yeah, served so more? Queen and Slim I think is the is the most interesting case here because it, it really besides Daniel Kaluuya it, it doesn't really have any big name recognizable right. talent attached to it so the fact that people are coming out for it i mean there's there's something there yeah. which we all know what it is 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 drawing people to the theater and i feel like that underserved audience i want to say can only remain underserved for so long but it has been so long and yeah. it's, it's almost like people are like how is this movie doing so well and it's like it's doing as well as all the other movies that came before it right and i i've wondered because something like black and blue which i thought was a fantastic film i was really surprised how good that film was uh comes out and doesn't quite do as well but it got good decent reviews from the critics but overall it doesn't do as well as something like queen and slim i think kaluuya once again you have a name people go okay if kaluuya is involved mm. in this because of uh because of uh, get out and, and black panther and other projects he's been in I mean, he's great. give he's, it a, give he, it a point yeah we'll give so it a, a little thing and see what's here and that's great but also for versus Ferrari and 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 uh, and uh, uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Once again, what your point here, uh, Silas, the idea of having a name like Tom Hanks attached to it, people wanting to go see this on a Thanksgiving Day weekend. So that's positive overall. That's kind of a fascinating one. I myself haven't seen yeah. that one either yet, uh, but it's it's kind of a recognizable property in Mister Rogers and an A-list actor yeah. playing the role. Yeah, all the dads went and saw all the all the Thanksgiving dads <laughs> saw saw uh, Ford vs Ferrari and Beautiful Day. They, they dropped the kids off at Frozen too. Like, I'm gonna go see the racing movie. 
That's a good movie. I like Ford versus Ferrari. It's an uh, extremely dad movie. It, it, it is. It I, is I, I hate to break it. It is an extremely dad film. I'll accept it. Uh, just not to be outdone, Joker was at number nine here with $2 million over the weekend. Uh, it is now $330.6 million domestically and uh, $1.048 billion worldwide so far. So, so incredible. You think over- we're getting a Joker sequel? I, I, we've talked about it on here. <laughs> And, of course, there were rumors about it happening, yeah. not happening, those conflicting reports between Deadline and, I think, Hollywood Reporter yeah. about whether it was going to happen or Sloppy. not. People coming out. I think it's going to happen. I just wonder if that's going to ruin Joker overall if a sequel comes out and isn't as good. Like The Matrix, right? I love The Matrix to pieces. I bought it again over the weekend, that new UHD for whatever version they have. it, mm. But it's always soured by the fact that the two, two and three come right afterwards are nowhere near as good as that first one. And that's what I worry about with something like Joker. It was so original yeah. in its approach. Yes, I know it has influences, but it was original in its approach to a, a superhero type uh, situation. So, I don't know. Overall, ticket sales dropped 16% from last year's record setting $315 million. But that is not necessarily bad because last year there was Ralph Breaks the Internet, Creed 2, and Fantastic Beasts, and The Grinch. So, that's a lot to mm-hmm. overcome. But the success of this weekend helped narrow the year-to-date deficit from 7%, which, 7%, which we talked about last Monday, to 5.6% now in terms of uh, the total uh, ticket sales from last year and ticket sales this year. So that's a positive overall. And uh, one last thing from Jim Orr, Universal's president of domestic distribution. He said, everyone talks about how hard it is to make original movies, but you look at the top of the box office this weekend, and it's encouraging. And I agree. I think it is encouraging. So we'll see going forward what happens with that. Mid-budget. R-rated movie. Like those are those are the movies I just want to do so well. I I, yeah. I I love a good original mid, like not huge, not tiny, no no budget mm-hmm. movie. Those those knives out sized movies are like the sweet spot that I think everyone should go support. Right, right. But are we really losing those? I guess I know we need to move on to the next topic. But are we? Is, is it overblown that those movies are not being consumed by the public at the rate that they need to be or is it just like these were really good movies and people came to see them? I, I think it's that they're not going to be able to be made by an up-and-coming filmmaker I, I think they will absolutely need to have someone attached to them to get made at all that's it's ironic considering how ryan that's where ryan johnson made yeah, his bones exactly, right yeah. it's ironic in that way all right well let's move on to something that is making a lot of money speaking of ryan johnson although he's directing this one that's star wars the rise of skywalker some new tv spots dropped over the weekend one call celebrate the other one called hold on and then there was one that was released international overseas so so much going on in this we get uh you know we get uh, uh, kylo ren walking with his knights of ren uh, on what we assume is the destroy we get a jedi mind trick moment we get Leia holding Luke's lightsaber. We also get a space monster with the Millennium Falcon, an escape that feels just like the space slug moment from the original trilogy. So I'll go to you on this one, uh, Silas, first. Which one of these spots, which one of these spots stood out for you? Which one of these moments, like what stood out for you from all these spots? Actually, the, the, the spots I have really loved are the, the featurettes. Um, oh, okay. I, I think that, that there have been two released that sort of tie into the, the Star Wars legacy. Right. Um, and there was one, uh, I think it was on Thanksgiving Day that came out that uh, just has, has footage from the set of A New Hope, and it sort of moves through very quickly into Rise of the Skywalker, and that's that's what's working for me as a fan to just be reminded that it's it's part of this this bigger saga. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing that I, I found sort of like weird when I look at Rise of the Skywalker in and of itself is I, I, I love Star Wars. Yeah. I, I'm not as invested in this newer trilogy, um, and. When I look at just the newer trilogy, it's weird how short a period of time it is. It's like this. This. Oh all yeah, fits. right, right, yeah, right, like, right. Um, like 
there was a longer distance between Maleficent and Maleficent Two <laughs> than this entire three film cycle. Yeah, um, and it, it's weird even in the narrative that it sort of adds to that because Last Jedi takes place immediately after uh, Force Awakens, and I, there hasn't been as much room to breathe as I would have liked yeah. for the franchise. But when they tie it back to that bigger, like no, it's been a forty year journey. That's working for me. Yeah. What about you? I, uh, what I find interesting about all of these spots is that I, at first I was like, wow, they're, they're showing us a lot of this movie. But I, I almost get the sense that we're seeing like the same two or three scenes in yeah. every I, – I think I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that surprises you that all the trailers and spots were from like the first hour of the movie. And there's there's something completely different at the end. It, 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 when you sent me three, I was like, wow, they are showing so much of this yeah. movie. But I really do think it's all from the same – the same scenes and they're just yeah. they're just slicing and dicing it and uh i like what i see i i don't know i i am invested in these in this new trilogy mm-hmm. i did something hit me the right way about the first two movies i, I and i know they're like completely different films and there's a lot there's a lot of uh, uh criticism that the, that force awakens is just a remake of a new hope which it is but uh i something about these these movies just really hit me the right way and i'm very excited for it and the thing that i love about these spots is just getting to hear and i always Butcher his last name. Ian McDermott. McDermott. Yeah. McDiarmid. I would say there's, there's so many letters in there. I just getting to getting to hear him uh, do his Palpatine. Just he just like takes a. I think the the line was like "Let the final battle begin." Yeah. But there was like 18 syllables that were not usually in those words. He just, the way he the, to hear him deliver lines as Palpatine again is just like that hits me right in like a nostalgia spot. That is yeah. that is. And I don't, I, I don't like when movies, you know, rely on nostalgia. But there's just something about the way even that man talk. It, it's like, wow, he was like a really good part of the prequels, and he was, he's in my favorite Star Wars movie ever, which is yeah. Return of the Jedi. And here he is talking the same. Oh, it's, it's to me that got me more hype than anything. Yeah, we should start a new show called Collider Debate Show. And then Vinny and I can battle all the time. <laughs> yeah. Return of the Jedi versus Empire Strikes I, I'm pretty back. sure it would just be uh, us every single year. <laughs> no, but I love We have like, differing opinions. No, 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 we do. And, and I enjoy that. What I, what I like to, uh, what I found interesting about this, and you speak about nostalgia, there is nostalgia all over these spots. And mm-hmm. not just the featurettes, which you mentioned too, Silas, but nostalgia. I mean, this idea of like, you know, it's okay that we're here. Oh, it's okay that you're here. Like, very much, these are not the droids you're looking for. So mm-hmm. I find that to be dangerous, to be walking closer to the nostalgia when you've gotten so much crap from feeling like people are saying they're tr- that uh, Force Awakens traced a new hope. You'd want to walk away from that. But I think they understand their bread and butter is the nostalgia of the original trilogy. And people were kind of fractured after, after Last Jedi, yeah. even though, you know, I know you, you you like Last Jedi. Some people didn't. So maybe they want to use the same formula as they did with Force Awakens, which is, oh, we're going to bring you back to what you remember, what you like the most. And we get that. We get the Emperor coming back, like you said. I, I think he's just sitting in a booth recording all these lines. That's that, that's, maybe he never shows up at all. I don't think any of these lines are in this movie. <laughs> but I do think you're right, and I totally understand it. Because like I, I do like Last Jedi, but I know it was very divisive. I think, even though Disney would never admit it, they are trying to bring back all the people there like there's a very subtle undertone to all these that are like don't worry it's still star wars yeah, you yeah. know what i mean like like there there was the one spot on thanksgiving where they used a uh, duel of the fates yes where i, I was like Ooh, they are they're like please come it's not, like we're sorry yeah. they would never say it they would never say it but they're can, saying it without saying, saying it. without saying it. they're yeah. like we're, we're sorry for the last jedi <laughs> but i i that one got me too i like yeah. duel of the fates is it, it's one of the best parts of the of the prequels agreed 
Agreed. And it's and it's under one of one of if not the best lightsaber fights in the entire franchise. And yeah. you hear that, and you're just like, yes. You're just, <laughs> you don't really care what's going on because you hear that, and you're you're immediately transported back to to when you were in the theater, still excited for Phantom Menace. It's just like uh, they are trafficking pretty heavily yeah. in nostalgia, and I'm very interested to see how that translates to the entire film. I, I could very much see that being part of the narrative at the same time. I mean, uh-huh. in Star Wars, it, it, it's the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. And mm. to understand that, that when you watch Star Wars, you as the audience, you are Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You're, you're following his journey, so you are him. And Rey is him. And it's, I think Into the Spider-Verse did it really well with the sort of anyone can wear the mask. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the story repeats. Like, that, that just is the way stories work. Yeah. And... Um, there's something cool, like, like you were saying about bringing the Emperor back. I, I've seen people complain. They're like, oh, well, he was a villain they got rid of. They don't need to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's a guy that has been, like, throughout all nine movies. Yeah. Um, I, I think it fits perfectly. Yeah, I, I, always, I always thought that these, this new trilogy was kind of about how, like, the sins of what happened in the past affect a new generation. So now you have this young crew being like, we, it's like the okay boomer of Star Wars. They're like, right, this, 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 this guy's back. We got to deal. It's, it's kind of like, it, that's the theme and bringing him back is like the ultimate uh, example of the sins of the past. And they're yeah. like, this is, we got to clean up this mess that, that, that another generation made. Which is essentially what Yoda was trying to tell him. Yeah. Right after yeah. the trees burnt down and everything like that, he's like trying to tell him this is the situation because we're discovering now, even through the Mandalorian, like in that last previous episode, mm-hmm. we got a little more backstory about what happened after Return of the Jedi, what happened with like all these people who were part of the rebellion. Like, well, where do we go now? Like, it's so interesting how Disney is walking into this idea of there's more that happened after Return of the Jedi. It wasn't mm-hmm. just happily ever after. There's real life that enters into something like this and goes, what would you do once, which is through history, once a re- rebellion works, yeah. most of the times they're not prepared to rule afterwards without being more of an without having more of an iron fist that's that's, so that's, that's, that's my favorite part about the mandalorian yeah is that it's showing what like we're all like they blew up the death star that's awesome but like what would happen after the galactic empire right. the thing that controls the entire galaxy fell it's just a time of lawlessness yeah. and i feel like that bleeds really nicely into uh, last jedi i've always been very uh aware that that one episode of the mandalorian premieres on a wednesday before yeah. uh, the last jedi and i'm like yeah. is this show gonna tie in? like it, it's, to me I, i've always been thinking about how what they said about the disney movies about how about the uh, marvel movies yeah. about how you need disney plus to watch and i'm like are they gonna tie in this show it, to me that is the future of the disney plus platform so i'm wondering how much the mandalorian will affect I, I mean, I could easily imagine it turning out that Baby Yoda is a clone. Yeah. That the Emperor was trying to clone Jedi, and if he's successful, it means we might. I mean, we've seen the Dark Ray in the trailer. Right, right, what right. if that's an evil clone of Ray? Uh, what if we get an wow. evil Dark Luke and an evil Dark Qui Gon? Mace Windu. As soon as, I, as soon as I saw that release schedule, it yeah. was like Friday, 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 Wednesday right. before Last Jedi. I was like Disney. <laughs> I, uh, we'll see. I, I mean, obviously, they don't, they don't want to release a show on the same day. It, right. it's, it's for it's and, and for, it's possible that it's like, oh, well, it's Christmas. Let's, let's yeah, get yeah. It out I, of I get why on a technical term, yeah. but uh, at Disney, they like they like tying things together. They, it's not it's not an off base speculation for sure. Yeah. That doesn't it have is any pure speculation. Right, right. But doesn't, <laughs> but, it's not like it doesn't but, have any uh, basis. You yeah, know, they, yeah. they've done stuff There's like no this. Facts, but like you know, I, it, it, I 
Look at their lease schedule. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. It feels there. that way. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff here. Obviously, uh, Ray and, and uh, Kylo going at it with a lightsaber, the water and the sea. Such a great cinematic mm-hmm. shot. Duel of the Fates, as you mentioned, Vinny. So cool. I like Leia holding the lightsaber, especially because we saw it getting shattered before. And now it's back together. But this is supposedly the rumor was that we were going to get a flashback of Luke and Leia training as Jedis mm-hmm. on Endor. And then she goes off to have the have Ben Solo, and that's what stops her training. So we see her kind of learning the Force, but maybe they didn't have time to shoot those shots at Disney DH. But we do see her holding lightsaber, which looks like Endor. Uh, so they may be using part of that stuff to factor into this uh, into this movie. I think it was uh, Kai Fisher's brother, who I, I guess owns the, the estate now. He right. he said that she was supposed to be the big payoff. Leia, they, they, she was going to ride in triumphantly. And I mean, I, I'm very, I'm very skeptical about what that means. You yeah, know, I, it's your brother, and he's. I, I, it would be very strange to have Leia be like the, the big payoff of this movie about this young generation. But I do think that the plan was to have Leia be a big part of it, and I think they're using a lot of what. And I think that that might be why Colin Trevorrow has a story by credit because I, I, I do think a lot of what they were having planned for Leia is yeah. going to bleed not. You know, we're obviously not going to see it, but the idea behind it is going to is going to inform the uh, rise of Skywalker. So right, I, I, right. I, I wouldn't be surprised to get to get a little bit of a Leia lightsaber moment yeah. because I think a bigger one was planned, and they want to do justice to that. I think they're leaning into the Marvel humor. I think everyone has to accept that there's some moments here that yeah. feel that way, <clears throat> and this it's, hey, it works for them. So on the Marvel side, maybe it'll work on the Star Wars side. We'll see overall, but the spots they excite me. Little concerned about the nostalgia aspect, but not so much that it doesn't make me excited to see what they do with it. And I think you might be right, Vinny. These, these are just clips from like the first hour of the movie, and the rest of the movie mm-hmm. is like insane. So yeah, they, yeah, it'll yeah. be fun to see what they end up uh, with uh, at the end of the day. All right, let's move on uh, real quick. Uh, let's some. Uh, we got some promos uh, today. Let's see. Let's see. We got. I think we got a rule of two thing. Are we playing it? Let's do it. Hey guys, Riley here, and let me tell you about rule of two. You looking for a Star Wars fix? Well, rule of two is that show. It drops in on Collider Video's main YouTube channel, as well as on Podcast One's Jedi Council feed. So go over there, subscribe, share it with your friends. It's hosted by myself and Mark Fernandez. We talk everything in the Star Wars universe with a lot of deep dives and a lot of conversations that go all in. You know what to do. Subscribe, join us there, and rise. Rise. Uh, that's always a fun thing, Rule of Two. I've been on a, a once. It was a, always a blast to be on that show. And always a listen to that show. There's so much Star Wars knowledge dripping out of Riley and Fernandez's mouth about this stuff. A little bit of bias knowledge as well, but it's still <laughs> fun to listen to. That's why you listen to things like this. Uh, and don't forget about Sports Time coming on at 1 p.m. Pacific Time today live. Josh McCuga is back joining me, and Taylor Bashati is back from the NFL Network. She's going to join us, so we're going to have a lot of fun breaking down all the weekend's action from the NFL and college football maybe a little nba as well you never know uh we'll toss into that so let's move on to our last story that's robert pattinson robert pattinson of twilight fame and other fame as well he is going to be playing bruce wayne in matt reeves the batman he was being interviewed on the today show about uh this whole project and he something stood out from him for me that when he spoke to uh, willie geist who was interviewing him and they were talking about the word superhero and guy said uh you did that came to you when you thought what you wanted to be a superhero referencing batman and Pattinson laughed and said batman's not a superhero it doesn't count you need to have like magical powers to be a superhero so this is fascinating i thought i know it's just a quote maybe it's 
toss away. And he came, guys came back at him and said, well, you wear a cape. And, and Pattinson was like, oh, I'll give you that one. But this idea is interesting because I think now we're in this full media blitz for the Batman. And that is, this is not what's gone before. This is a more, how can I say this, a more grounded, street-based Batman that is Gotham-based, that isn't a superhero necessarily. He could be a hero, but not a superhero, so it doesn't necessarily have to tie into the overall DCU. Do you think this is purposeful by Pattinson? I think it's, I, I, I think it's important to first note that Robert Pattinson is like a noted troll. Like he's a, yes. he, uh, like a month ago he said he was going to do a pirate voice for Batman. I, one of my favorite Robert Pattinson things ever is when the time he was on the Today Show and he just made up a story about seeing a dead clown and it was like very obviously verifiably a lie and he just kept going with it. He's, he's a weird, weird guy. He, yeah. he left Twilight and went on to do the weirdest stuff he's like he's had a masturbation scene in like the last five <laughs> movies oh wow he's just like that's what i want to do he's a really weird guy but i think underneath his weirdness what's being sold about the batman yeah. is the fact that it is a detective story which i think the fact that that the riddler is the main villain the fact that i think matt reese has even said it's like a detective noir i think they're really trying to highlight the fact that this isn't going to be a big battle movie it's going to be uh there's going to be a lot of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of schmoozing as Bruce Wayne. There's going to be a lot of social social stuff. And there's also going to be a lot of... Because coming up, Batman was, you know, he's the world's greatest detective. That yeah. was a big part of his character. And I think the movies, for good reason, it's not very cinematic to have a guy like dusting for fingerprints. But it's like, I think they did away with that. I think this movie is going to bring back the fact that Batman is a detective. And he's going to try and solve a case it's yeah. not gonna be so much of a of a even batman versus superman situation where it's just this showdown it's right. gonna be i need to solve this puzzle do you like that he's approaching it this way saying he's not a superhero or do you think he's trolling well so i'll go back like and this was always my argument as a kid with friends was like yeah. well a superhero has superpowers so batman's a hero but he's not a superhero because right. he doesn't have superpowers it's weird when you get down to it because like superhero uh, is owned by DC and Marvel each own a variant of like super space hero is one of them and super <laughs> dash hero is another one. Oh wow um, really and it all goes back to like toy merchandising yeah, from the of 80s course. but uh, I, I, I can see how playing a role you can't think of it as a superhero. I, I, mm. I think even playing Superman who is unquestionably a superhero, if you were going to play the part, you need to see him as as not literally a human being but a human being yeah. Um, you need to understand uh, who he is outside of that. So that, that may be part of his process, but I, I love what you say about detective because we have had so many Batman movies and he's not really a detective in any of them. Yeah. Um, and I think Batman v Superman was one of the worst where it's like, you couldn't find out that it was the name of a boat. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't just type it into Google and it would say, oh yeah, it's currently docked at Gotham Harbor. Well, was a good, he was a good Batman, but he was, he was not a detective. He, no, he was no, not the right. smartest of Batman. He, right. uh, he made a spear out of kryptonite. Of all the weapons. <laughs> Even just sorry, the, we're not here to talk about Batman <laughs> Superman, but, uh, Don't tell Riley, he's going to storm, come storming in here. <laughs> the door's going to open. But yeah, no, I, uh, I think, I, I really do think that, and again, I, a lot of it is, you know, Robert Pattinson being, being a weirdo, but uh, the, the way that they've been talking about this movie, they've really been trying to sell the fact that it's like, this is not the Batman yeah. that is going to be, you know, gliding through Gotham. He's not going to have an airplane. He's not going to, it's not, it's not going to be all about how many fun gadgets he has. It's going to be about like this, this problem Batman has to solve with his brain. He's going to be a more cerebral Batman basically. Yeah. And I think that is interesting because that's something we haven't seen on, on screen in a very long time. If, 
maybe not really ever. We've never really gotten a detective story with Batman. Anymore. Yeah. Except yeah, in like the animated movies. They, they've, they've dived into it there. But it, right. live action Batman, it's not really something we've ever gotten. Well, I think it's what people clamor for. We're going to do it differently. You've got to have something to hook people, right? Uh, Pattinson is the hook, obviously. But then you have to have a new approach to it. Matt Reeves is another hook. What's the approach? The detective angle. Great. Let's go with that see what we can do with it. I think he's doing this on purpose. I think he's trying to separate uh, this idea of Batman being part of this, like, you know, the Justice League or this part of the super, you know, it's mm. more of a grounded thing. And I appreciate that. I love a street level Batman. That's what we want uh, because we're getting like even, uh, what, what do you get? You got Superman, you got Wonder Woman, you've got Aquaman, you got Flash. You got all these people that have these extreme powers. He's just a rich dude with a lot of gadgets who yeah. knows how to fight, you know. And if you go that route, then I mean, Iron Man, how's Iron Man a hero? Because he's just a guy in a, in a, in a mechanized suit. Hawkeye's just a really good guy with arrows. Uh, Black Widow's is a really good fight. So you start to reduce these things if you start to say that. So I, I've always bristled at the term superhero, I guess, inside as I think about it. I've always bristled at the term. Heroes is what it is, and super or not is a subjective term. But hero, I think, is uh, it can be a little more of an objective term when it comes to this kind of situation. So this excites me overall. I like this approach. And even if he's trolling, I like it too because <laughs> he's masterfully trolling to get us to even be talking about it. So. I, li- I like this approach to the DC universe overall because they were trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out what, what the heck it was. But yeah. I really like the idea of each uh, hero having a movie tailored to them instead yeah. of trying to fit it into this larger thing. Like when you see an, like that Aquaman movie is it? Yeah. It's an Aquaman movie. It's absurd. <laughs> but when you see a Batman movie, you don't want to see the kind of stuff you've seen in Aquaman. Movie. Right. It should be, you know, a little, a little, a little quieter, a little, a little, a little more street level. Like you said, when you see a, a Superman movie, you want this, uplifting big you know big budget superman movie when you see a wonder woman movie you get pretty much what we got in wonder Woman. yeah i, I like the idea that it's very comic booky to have have them go off in their own colorful yeah. uh very tailored to them direction and then if if in the future if they want to do another justice league you bring all those colors together and that that's kind of that's not exactly even the approach that Marvel did. It, it, that, it, that would be a very DC thing to do, to yeah. really tailor their individual movies to the hero instead of taking that hero and shoving them into this larger larger thing. Yeah, you all might be crazy uh, at me for this comment, but it's like <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Eleven. Whenever they bring them, like whenever they're their own element, they have different aspects of yeah. whatever's going on in their worlds. But once they all come together, there's an overall unifying thing that still has elements of their distinct worlds Factored into the overall story, right? That's, that's why Suicide Squad didn't work as a yes. movie because when they came, they came together. No one used their. Uh, I am so hung up on the fact that Captain Boomerang did not throw the bomb. Yeah, his only power is throwing stuff, <laughs> and he just stood there, throw the bomb. Yeah, why would you have Killer Croc throw the bomb? Because they didn't have, they didn't bring the the different elements together in a cohesive way. Yeah, I think on a larger scale, that could be DC's new. Uh, way forward you have these very very distinctive heroes and they all have their own things that people want to see and you bring those together it's a beautiful thing i agree well speaking of the people let's get in some chat questions here as we wrap up because we'll see what happens to robert pattinson and the batman down the road we got a long way to go for that one so you know let's just focus on what we've got in front of us uh let's do some live chat questions all right quinson quizenton watts roca where do you buy your jackets oh jesus christ wilson's <laughs> wilson's leather outlet how about that they go there they're great jackets they're obviously real cheap. it's wilson's leather <laughs> i mean for <laughs> god's sake can't you tell <laughs> uh steve calderon what did you think of the et short for xfinity do you want a full-length sequel to the original after watching this commercial <laughs> this is a, it's, that's a great reaction yeah so i like E.T. was the first VHS before I even wow. knew what VHS was. My parents were wow. like, 
I, I had a toy ET before I ever saw the movie. Uh-huh. It was just something like I, I loved. And I, I remember at a very young age, like seeing the movie and loving it and asking why there wasn't a sequel. And it just boggled my mind as a kid of like, well, this is a movie everybody loves yeah, and right. a character everybody loves. Why wouldn't you make another one? And now I'm at a point where like, it was weird logging on and seeing <laughs> all of this like enthusiastic, like, oh, I can't believe how great this is. And I thought it was one of the most crass, unpleasant things I had ever seen. Like, wow. it was just like... Get him. Get A.T. Uh, well, why, why we get a three-minute sequel to E.T. that's a commercial for, like, Xfinity, this yeah. is terrible. Yeah, I, I, I got okay. suckered in by... I'm such a sucker for scores. Like, I was... Right. Like, when they played John Williams' song, I, I was... I was compl- I will admit, I was completely suckered in. But, like, given the, the benefit of, like, two seconds, I was like, oh, that is gross that they did that. And it's just like... I, I think, like, even Henry Thomas, he gave some quote to someone. He was like, this is... This we gave them all the nice stuff that, that people would want from a sequel. And it's just like, I don't think these were people like, like you left out the part where the government like breaks in his door on Christmas right. and like arrests his children. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on there that that wouldn't, it, it was just ET being like, hello. And then leaving. Right. That's not, it's even weird to call it a sequel. Cause it's just, it's sort of like a, deleted scene from the first movie it's just it's a, it's a very weird thing and again when i first watched it i was just like this is so nice et's look at it look at et's sledding it's adorable right but given the benefit of like 10 minutes i was just like Ooh, i don't think i like that <laughs> john williams got me though that score that's score, that score's great. when they fly across the moon i was just like yeah this is worth it i'll buy all the xfinity products <laughs> and it's just like afterwards i was just like yeah that was kind of gross that's, uh-huh. and it's very weird that he did it it's weird that steven spielberg was like yeah i'm fine with this yeah it's interesting well i think it's i think as people get older artists get older they care less and less about that kind of stuff yeah. and they're like well sure if you can make some money off it he's remodeling not? his kitchen or something yeah, yeah right it's 30 <laughs> you know it's 30 years away but it's, i'm not i haven't been always the biggest et fan but i kind of liked this i thought this was really sweet but i get both your points it's very it's very much in the commercial marketing aspect of it all to sell xfinity to people uh but i did it was nice to see henry thomas be a part of this i half expected drew to show up at some point yeah. uh, a piece of me or i don't know if d wallace is d wallace still around with us i wonder if d wallace or even Peter Coyote is keys. Having him show up, like busting through the door, going with a Christmas wreath instead of like trying to uh, uh, attack ET, that would have been. Fun. I will say Henry Thomas did like he put on like a really nice, sweet little performance. He like, did. Like, like the fact that he's, it's you know, it's this much time later and he's acting with the puppet. I think I think he, for a four minute commercial, it was a really yeah. nice little performance. I felt bad for his wife who didn't get a line. <laughs> what the crap? Say a single what thing. the crap? What the crap? It's 2019. Give her a he few like lines. Shoved her aside. He was yeah, like, my, really my old friend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Move on. Joe, Joey, me, Joy, me, I think. What did everybody think about the James Bond movie teaser trailer that came out yesterday? We've got a 15-second trailer, No Time to Die, uh, that came out yesterday. Not much in it. Uh, the trailer drops on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What did you all think? I'm, I'm really excited. I, I yeah. think that this, like... It looks different than the recent Bonds we've had. I, I really, really love Daniel Craig in the role. And I think that... Uh, as it looks like it finally is going to be his last time as James Bond, there is a a, a level of excitement there where it's like, you could really do a lot with that. Like if you embrace ending your time as Bond, which I'm not sure we've ever really seen. Right. Yeah. I'm not the, I'm not the biggest uh, James Bond fan in the world, but I, I do agree that this feels different because they've never been like making a thing of the person's last right. movie. And, uh, and I love, I love Kari Fukunaga. I, I, the fact that he's, atta- again, his name is attached to it. So I'm excited. I, it, it, it felt, 
it felt different from the lead up to a lot of Bond movies throughout my life. Yeah. And that, that was enough to get me excited because it's just like, I'm not a big James Bond fan. James Bond is not enough to excite me. If you just like that poster that was just like him in a suit, I was like, cool, nice suit. But right. it's just like I, the fact that it didn't feel like the same thing I've seen 20 other times was enough for me to be like, all right, I will go see that. Yeah, this one had a, vi- a darker, weirder vibe to it, even over over 15 seconds. Yeah. Just yeah, that yeah. last shot at the end of whatever's behind that uh, glass, that weird glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, what yeah. is this? And you think about Fukunaga, you think about True Detective, you're like, oh, are it, you, you going to bring some of that elements into it James had Bond? weird True Detective vibes. Right? right? It's just like that, the, the, the weirdness of that season was what made it the only good season. It's just like, yeah. he's bringing his own vibe to James Bond, which I think is important. I think the filmmaker making, and I think Danny Boyle would have did the same thing. Yeah, yeah in yeah, an yeah. alternate universe where he made this movie. Uh, I think it's important for the filmmaker to bring their own perspective to James Bond because we've seen James Bond in every situation possible. So we need to see. It's hard to do a new James Bond. Yeah, but this felt like a new James Bond. I agree. I thoroughly agree. It gets me excited for it on Wednesday. Hopefully, it'll drop before movie talk, <laughs> so we can talk about it. But we'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, Luke Nelson. What is your favorite animated sequel? Of all time, mine would be the Rescuers Down Under. Mm. I, I would argue Toy Story Two, maybe, or even Shrek Two. In my opinion, I like both of those a lot myself. Um, or Incredibles Two. A lot of people like Incredibles Two. Aladdin: Return of Jafar. Oh boy! And I want Here them we to go. do it. I want the live action Return of Jafar. <laughs> It will make it will double. I think it will King double of the box off. Is much better than King, the trilogy. I, I want the trilogy. I want the live action trilogy. Do it, Disney. Put it on Disney Plus. I don't care. I'll watch it <laughs> five times more times than The Irishman. Return uh, of Jafar is cinema. Okay. Fair. <laughs> You're standing for Jafar. Respect. Uh, yeah. Probably Toy Story 2. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's my favorite Toy Story movie. That's direct um, sequel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would say 3 is my favorite sequel of all time, but 2 is the direct. I like 2 is the favorite direct sequel. Yeah. I feel like 2 was at a point where it's like, this shouldn't have worked, and yet it was great. Oh, yeah. And I feel creepy. like that's every Toy Story movie. Like I, every, every Toy Story sequel, I'm just like, another one? And then I'm just like openly weeping. And I'm just like, <laughs> five more Toy Story movies. Yeah. What do you have a kid with Bo Beef? <laughs> I don't think they could do that. Uh, all right, MK Songbird wants to know, I don't know if you guys have seen this, quick thoughts review of The Report with Adam Driver and Annette Bening that released over the weekend. Did you guys see it on Amazon? I haven't yet. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. My okay. review is that I have not seen it. I'll get back to you. All right. Uh, I've seen it twice. It's absolutely fantastic. And if you want to hear some more behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, go to uh, the Deep Cut, the podcast I have on Collider Converse, on the uh, Collider Conversations feed. I interviewed the director, Scott Z. Burns, at his house in Venice about making the movie. So it was really a fun conversation to have with that guy. Watch the report. It's so, so good. Uh, and I think Annette should be nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I hope she does it for paying Diane Feinstein. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Skyboss96, what are your expectations? Oh, we already talked about that. All right. Planet Sophia, what about international audience that don't have access to Disney Plus? What do you think about that? Are they being are they missing out on this kind? Of, like, is Disney making a mistake not making it available internationally? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a shame that there's not some way for people to see Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I think that uh, the reveal of Baby Yoda was so well done. Yeah, and it, it's sad that people didn't get to to experience that in the way that that people with Disney Plus did. Um, right. And I mean, I, I used to live in France when I was a kid, and I, it was when Star Trek: The Next Generation was on. It was my favorite show, and I would have to wait for like a friend of my dad's to mail VHS tapes huh. with like a bunch of episodes on them. So like, I, I understand the like ah. being cut off from the thing you love and and not being able to be part of the conversation. Um, and, and the sad fact of the matter is, I think it also just encourages piracy. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Which is what your uncle did. No offense. That's oh, statute of limitations. <laughs> That's total piracy. It's a good thing statute of limitations is over. Yeah, it, was, it was fascinating. To, that first week after the Mandalorian dropped, you could like feel people wanting to tweet about Baby yes. Yoda. It was just like, when can we talk about spoiler? And it was just like, and then after the floodgates were open, they <laughs> open. And I do think I do think it's ridiculous to expect people to not talk about uh, the Mandalorian yeah. for like, when does when does when do they get Disney Plus? It would be. Right. I, I I don't know how you could possibly not keep that how you could keep that a secret for that long. But it was interesting that people like for for like a week they were like oh, yeah we should keep this secret. And then yeah. when the floodgates opened they were they were open. Now it's open season on Baby Yoda. But it's a it is a shame. And I do think it's a it's a weird rollout. It's a weird. I mean yeah. I understand they wanted to get it out and I understand, it, but right. like it's it, it, it. But I will say there's not going to be another original Disney Plus show for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. They debuted with the Mandalorian and I think the next one is is like middle of 2020. Yeah, I always get upset that you can you you can't have access to everything all the time internationally and domestically. Hmm. It's always frustrating. Like Peaky Blinders came out 4 or 5 months before it came out on Netflix. So I found it. I happened to be in London, and I just poured through. I ripped through the episodes. I found a website that had them, and I just ripped through the episodes because I was like, because the VPN could work while I was in London with on my computer. But like, if I was back in the states, I'd be super frustrated. I'd wait all those months. So all that stuff needs to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I think it needs to be wide open. Everything like the Gavin and uh, the Gavin and Stacey Christmas specials coming up with James Corden. That's, I, I probably won't have access to it because I'm not in Britain. I'll have to find a way to get access to it. Yeah. So you're you're not. How can I say this correctly? You're not necessarily forced to do piracy, but then again, as a consumer, you don't like being left out in the cold, so you want to find a way to watch this kind of stuff. That's 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 my opinion. Yeah. I'm not advocating piracy. I'm just saying. People are going to react how they're going to react. And be careful how you tweet about The Mandalorian. I discovered that yesterday. Yikes. All right, anyway. You mean the best Western show of 2019? <laughs> yeah, right. The Mandalorian? My favorite Western I, show on TV I, right now? I, wanna, I should have put not only. And I, I have been paying the price ever since all day yesterday. Uh, that was a rough one. So, well, you know, well, you live and you learn. You know, one, one interesting thing I learned, uh, I was rewatching The Mandalorian. Yeah. And, you know, the Baby Yoda reveal is such a great reveal at the end of the first episode. Yeah. But I was watching it again and thinking, like, it's almost a shame this didn't happen to the second episode because we're told oh, that his bounty point. is a 50-year-old individual, right, you know, right, which right. feels like if you had given us a week of speculation, we would have arrived at every other Star Wars character except Yoda yeah. as a possibility. I will oh, say I, I do like having a week of speculation between episodes, though. I, I think Mandalorian has really... Uh, Mandalorian and Watchmen, they're, they're two shows right now that have really uh, seen the benefit of week-to-week releasing. Yeah, because yeah. If, if, if the Mandalorian had dropped day one, I, we would have been... The, 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 the economy on Baby Yoda memes would have died. It would have died immediately. The, but we're still, that show feels like it's been out and in the public consciousness for, for months now. It's really yeah. only been what four weeks yeah but yeah because it's week to week and something kind of exciting happens every week and it gets you talking it i i I, it really shows the benefit of releasing your show week to week real quick did you guys like the last episode yes but i thought it was the weakest episode i agree a hundred percent trying to shove in a seven samurai storyline into a 30 minute that's a massive mistake yeah i i mean i've been i've been uh, on the fence with the mandalorian the Ooh. entire time, wow. uh, I just okay. feel like I just feel like I don't know. It feels almost like a two-hour movie that they were like, "Let's make it an eight-episode show." Because it, every episode <laughs> feels like it has a lot in it, but there's really not. There's only like a little bit happening. You yeah, know? like it's big stuff, but really there's like a nugget of a story in every episode. So to me, The Mandalorian has been. Uh, I like it. It's cool. Okay. It's, it's Star Wars. It's fun to see like an ATSC walking through the woods. It's, it's incredibly well made. Yeah. Like, everything looks gorgeous. And the, the, the cinematography and the, and the performances, I like everything about it. Yeah. It's just the story itself. 
you can't rely on showing the baby the whole time. Right. And please, I'm not please, I'm not saying that Baby Yoda is bad. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I love Baby Yoda. I would die. I would die for Baby Yoda. I would kill for Baby Yoda. But he is. Uh, you can't just show him and be like, "That's the episode." See that? That's Twitter fear. That's Twitter fear <laughs> yeah. right there. Honestly, as soon as I said it, I was like, "Yeah, Baby Yoda is a little bad." That's <laughs> not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Baby Yoda is the do best. It, he is Don't my green it. son. I would protect him with my life. But yeah, that is my opinion on the man. Yeah, I thought this episode was. I thought it was fun. I don't got to wrap up. I, I, I love the episode, but I thought this was a little bit. They tried to shove a little too much in. But the idea of the red eye on the ATST mm. and the red eye on three PO and the Rise of Skywalker has yeah. me thinking a lot of things. The way so, they're like building, yeah, out the lore of Star Wars. Yes, and it's always this, it's almost a story they're not telling, just with all the background stuff. Yeah, that stuff I love. The Absolutely. stuff that they're telling about the time period and who's where and the new. Every time they bring up the New Republic, people are like oh, the New Republic. It's just <laughs> that to me is very interesting. That is my favorite part about the Mandalorian. Sounds like a closed door, the New Republic. It, right, anyway, and we got to see a loath cat. Which we was did get so to see a loath cool. cat. Yes, and Gina Carano was fantastic. Yeah. Come on now. Shout out to her. She was fantastic. Hopefully, this is a step forward for her into other projects as well. Because uh, uh, she is, if, she's, if she can lock in the acting combined with her, her obviously incredible physicality, we're good to go with her uh, in the future being part of more and more franchises. That would be fun. All right, that's our live movie talk. Thank you all so much for joining us on this lovely Monday morning. Hope we entertained you. Hope we made you laugh. Please uh, like and share uh, this uh, episode on your social media. Give us some love. And you haven't subscribed to Collider Video, subscribe now. You got that red button there. Thanks to Vinny Mancuso. Oh, of course. Have you got something coming up that you're writing? Uh, you I'm, I'm always writing. Just okay. go to Collider.com. Go there to Collider.com. Every day, everyone there is brilliant. You'll, yes. you'll love what you read. Go Vin, to Collider.com. Vinny has some fun takes on stuff. It's always fun to read his stuff. Uh, what are you up to now, Silas? Oh, uh, MovieBill.com. I, I post a lot of trails and stuff, but uh, MovieBill is uh, it's located in the Regal Cinemas app, and it uh, you can scan movie posters, and they, they come to life and have surprises. And we have some some really cool stuff uh, in the works for next year. Awesome. Yeah, go see that. Uh, they have a Frozen 2 one. That's really cool to look at as well. Uh, you can find me at The Rogue Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget, Collider Live coming up in about seven minutes. A lot of people, I think Michael Rosenbaum stopping by. Lex Luthor, I think he's going to be part of this thing. And, of course, Heroes tomorrow. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 9 a.m. PT. Again, I'll be here with two new guests for another episode of Live Collider Move Talk. Thanks, Adam Smith. Thanks, Thad. Thanks, Dory. Bye. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831 Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.